I designed um, some comfort toys that people can hold and hug that also have different textures for people that are sensitive to textures. And in order to also connect with them, I wrote stories that feature dragons that have autism. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all, and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Today's guest developed a reputation as a patient safety attendant for working well with both verbal and nonverbal autistic patients. David's passion for language, specifically sign language, became an asset in facilitating communication with nonverbal patients and led him to speak out for his patients' needs when no one else understood them. During the COVID-19 pandemic, David Donaldson noticed an increase in mental health crisis cases entering the emergency rooms and saw an increasing need for stress relief and fidget toys for both children and adults. This problem inspired David to offer a solution in the form of affordable comfort and stress toys. Thus, Tiny Dragons Treasure Trove was born. Inspired by David's passion for dragons, Tiny Dragons Treasure Trove sought to represent items people can treasure. Robert has a casual conversation with author and creator David Donaldson. David has taken his experience in working in a hospital with patients on the spectrum, both verbal and nonverbal, and saw a need for affordable comfort and stimulation type toys. He created a line of dragons that not only met this need, but are the main characters and stories that represent how children and adults can deal with real life situations. Well, David, thank you for uh, joining us today. I'm excited to uh, to have this conversation and just look forward to, man, sharing sharing some of the things that you're doing. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, I typically just have each guest share their journey, share their entrepreneurial journey, what's led them to uh, doing the thing that they're doing and, and the impact that they're trying to make. And so I guess that'll be our jumping off point. So I started working with um, individuals with suffering from mental health issues at the local hospital where I work. And I got the reputation at the hospital for being really well with autism patients. So uh, autistic individuals just seem to gravitate towards me and feel very calm around me and respond to me very well. And I also studied linguistics. So I used ASL to kind of facilitate communication with nonverbal autistic patients. And so I have that reputation now whenever a patient's having a hard time that comes in with autism, they immediately say, you know, David's great for this person. We need to put him with David or her with David or somebody with David. And I'll sit with them all night and they'll be calm and cooperative. But as soon as I leave, 
<laughs> they don't like the next person and I have to kind of prepare them. And I'm like, hey, you know, such and such is going to be sitting with you tonight or today. And then they're going to be talking to you and trying to keep you calm. Just be respectful, please. You know. But from there, um, I felt inspired to kind of reach out because I had other people in my life who I didn't know had autism, but I later discovered have autism. Like my cousin was recently diagnosed with autism and a couple of my best friends growing up, they're like, oh yeah, I'm autistic. And I'm like, really? And so it touches your life and you don't realize it. And so I thought maybe some kind of awareness would be good. So people who don't know can kind of look at the symptoms or look at the characteristics and be like, you know, maybe this explains why I am the way I am, or maybe this explains how I can improve my life. Because once you understand yourself, you can explore better options. Huh, most certainly. Well, and I think the challenge for, for many is just the, the not understanding, especially when it comes to communication and touch um, that this level of hypersensitivity almost, and, and it can be very challenging even for, I mean, especially for family members that are trying to, you know, communicate. Um, my, my nephew is, is autistic and, and his father struggles greatly. And, and now that he's in his teen years, um, he's not a small boy. And, and when he's unhappy, lots of things happen. Um, and, and so it's, it's very challenging, you know, for his father to, you know, you can't allow him to, to destroy things to, and, and now that he's that large, he's much harder to stop from destroying things. And so, um, it, it can be challenging to communicate. And so, so good on you that your spirit naturally is calming and naturally gravitates towards these people that are struggling right with their their what their brain is telling them and what their body is wanting uh, to do and um, can be so challenging so so let's talk about how that inspired you and what what that inspired you to do so that inspired me to try and look for a way to support like the autism community but also offer sort of like products that would help. So I designed um, some comfort toys that people can hold and hug that also have different textures for people that are sensitive to textures. And in order to also connect with them, I wrote stories that feature dragons that have autism and how they engage with life and different aspects of life that normal people don't think of, like how your child reacts when you're moving away from home or how your child reacts when they get lost. Or, um, you know, if they have anger issues or if they have a meltdown, things like that, I try and engage in my books. Wow. So, so let's, so let's talk about these, these dragons. And obviously it, it's, it's one thing to inspire to, to write a book. And I know lots of our, our audience inspires, you know, is feels inspired, feels inspiration to, to want to write a book. But now you've written a book and created the characters in real life. And, mm -hmm. and so that's, you've taken it to a, to a whole different, a whole different level. Um, I, obviously I want to come back and, and talk about the books and, and the stories, but, 
But let's talk about this process of designing a plush toy and, and having it manufactured. Oh, that is a really long and hard process. <laughs> so I started off trying to find business to business contacts that could, um, you know, give me a price on an estimate. But what I started off with first was thinking of how I can make these dragons relatable. And I thought of maybe like Pokemon or I thought of like just nature and elements, the way that they represent different things and elements. And so I thought maybe like a spirit dragon that has antlers, but the antlers are like tree limbs that have little buds coming off of it. And then I thought maybe like a shadow dragon, but it kind of has these purplish stripes to it to kind of look like um, a geode. And then I thought maybe like a water dragon with like waves on its skin. And I found pictures that were kind of like reference images. And I said to my artist, I said, hey, this is what I want. And I want it to look cute, but I want it to look like a tiny dragon. And from there, my artist, who I've been working with for years now, is just, they took off with it. And they're like, this is what I have. And I said, this looks great. And I sent it to um, a factory. And I had the front, back, and sides drawn. And I said to the factory, this is what I want. This is the size I want. And can you give me a price estimate? And so they gave me an estimate and got back to me and they made samples. So I paid for the samples. The samples were shipped to me. And once I approved them, they said, let's move forward and place an order. Wow. And, and I mean, obviously that five-minute description doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> convey near this this entire process oh yeah i had to filter through different distributors and filter through different factories and try and find something and finally like i had one that was working out but the price was too high and so it's weird because i had a friend and they're like hey uh i got a guy you might like to talk to and i said really why and they said well he lives abroad but he works with factories and these factories, um, you know, communicate with him and he can get you a good price on manufacturing because he helped me and they have a makeup business. And they said they, he helped me find discount like jars for my makeup. I said, all right, I'll talk to him. And I talked to this guy. He found me that somebody in contact and they got me a better price than I could imagine and better quality. It was great. Nice. So so let's talk about the value of connection in this process. Um, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, we talk about connections and, and it, it just takes one, right? The power of one, one right connection. Um, so how, obviously that connection helped. How did that connection actually come about? So I was friends with them on like a social media site and we were talking about business. And I said, do you want to be like a mentor for me or something? Cause you've been in business longer than I have. You own like three businesses. One was makeup, one as, um, uh, lecturing like how to create your own makeup line and then another business she had was like um, I guess making your own soap and so she taught classes and then also did all this stuff while working full-time and I and being a mother and I'm like you know you're you seem to have it all together <laughs> can I mentor under you can I learn things from you and she's like first thing you gotta know you gotta talk to this guy and I'm like okay and they said that they helped them get started. I'm like, okay. So I talked to them and the guy, 
helped me out a lot. And I still talk to him. Nice. <clears throat> well, and obviously there's a lot of costs involved in, in this process that, that you've made. And, and have you bootstrapped this whole process for yourself? So I've taken out personal loans to try and pay for it. But um, some of the money has come from like, you know, fundraising and trying to get people interested, like pre-sales. And how did that go? Like the so pre-sales didn't go as well as getting a loan. The loan okay. went a lot better because <laughs> the loan, um, they looked at my credit history and they were like, okay, this is guys good for it. And they gave me the loan, but, and I didn't even have to tell them it was for a business. I just said, Hey, I need a loan. I need this much money. And they're like, okay, you know, so it worked out. I also took a small loan from family a little bit to try and encourage because they really support me and they want to encourage me with this business because my grandfather owned a business. So it kind of runs in the family. Nice. So now that you have, obviously you have your books, at least the first three, right? I believe. Um, so the first one is out and the second one's coming out. I think our publisher guy, Al, is still sick. I'm not sure. I reached out to Renee to find out. Okay. But uh, I sent it in. It's going to be published soon. And nice. then the last two pages are being worked on tonight for the third book. And then I've written the fourth book. And I need to sketch the pages. The way the whole book process works is I sketch the pages. And I tell the artist, this is what I want in each page. And I put a, like a text description of each page. And then she makes it look a lot better. So obviously you're writing the book and now you're, you're creating a storyboard, mm -hmm. which, you know, goes to the artist. And then the artist is actually taking your dragon idea, creating the dragon and then creating obviously all the pages uh, for the books to match um, your story. Mm -hmm. That can be quite a, quite a process. And now you've been working with the same artist throughout this process? Yeah, and she's been really great. And I've been working with them for, I think like it's going on two years now, but it's been great because they keep the price constant and they also like value their work. So they put the same amount of effort in every book and they do it really fast. Like I've talked to other artists cause I work with other artists and they're like, I can't believe your main artist does this so quickly. They do, 15 pages in 25 days. Wow. <laughs> and they finish because each of my book is 15 pages because they're children's books. And they're like, how did they get <laughs> these full art done in like 25 days? Wow. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. So let's, uh, so let's talk about the first book and the first story. Cause that's so, exciting. Yeah. The first one that I have out right now is um, the tiny water dragon and it's the great move away from home. <laughs> and so this one talks about, you know, um, how it's like to have a child that has autism that you're trying to move away from home and they don't understand why you're moving. They don't understand what's going on. And in this scenario, um, a storm comes and washes away where they live because they live in a symbiotic relationship with the beavers on the river. And so they share the beaver homes with each other. And so when the beaver homes get knocked away, they are like, we need to move upstream. 
And so I looked at um, psychological research on children with autism and how to address when you're moving. And it said, make them part of the move. Give them color-coded you know, boxes to decorate their room and let them choose their room, you know, make it how they want. And so I had to translate that into a dragon story. So I'm like, how do I do that? So the way I did that was I made it so that the dragon, the elder dragon, shows a map to the tiny dragon and says, you'll lead the way. This is where we're going and you'll lead the way. You'll lead us there. And then when they arrive, they um, get to pick the name too. So, and I kind of used uh, play on words a lot. I like to do that with my books. But also you can see they have color-coded little uh, bags for their collection. But the play on words, um, the word fluvial, which means to be of a river, which is where they live on the river. Um, fluvial is where they live. Oh, nice. And when they finally get home and it's kind of cute because the little dragon's leading the way <laughs> but when they finally get there they discover a newt on the bank of the river and so instead of new fluville they call it newt fluville oh very nice a little newt but i thought it was a cute way to tell the story and also help parents who are like, how do I tell my child that I'm moving, well, we're moving away? And, you know, how can I help them? And so this is a common thing that children have to deal with. And I thought translating into it like a little fantasy story would help. Absolutely. All right. So now introduce us to the water dragon. Okay. Well, this is the tiny water dragon. And so you can actually get the little dragon with the book if you buy the bundle. And if you just want the dragon, after you've already bought the book, you can scan the back of the book and it takes you to where the dragon is. Oh, nice. On the website. And I also try to use um, different quotes that are inspirational, but also have to do with the story. And I went out of my way to pick people who don't have controversy surrounding them. So like I was going to do Benjamin Franklin, but I can't do him. I can't do a certain ones. So I chose for this one, Fred Rogers. Very nice. And then another one, I think I chose Maya Angelou, and then I chose um, Eleanor Roosevelt for another one. Nice. But yeah, this is the Tiny Water Dragon. And right now they're $35, but then if you get them on sale for Christmas or holidays, um, they go down to 27 Nice. So, so share the features of, of this Water Dragon and how, how you created him. So... Or it. I actually keep it gender neutral so that the kid can assign the gender to the um, dragon. Of course. And also I keep it so that the parents in the story don't have to be, like they can be guardians or they can be, um, you know, grandparents. So I just call them the elders and I keep it open-ended. Nice. But there's these, the frills are like a soft blanket kind of feature. And so it gives a different texture to the dragon. And then the ears are kind of crinkly a little bit. And then um, the entire thing is just a plush uh, fabric material. And what's also kind of funny is the characters in the story, um, the softness of the dragon reflects their character in the story. So this one's like a medium softness. 
and then the leaf dragon is the kinder one and more soft and so that plush is actually softer than the rest oh, nice. and then the tough one which is the shadow dragon is a little bit tougher feeling than the rest of them so it's kind of cute how they work out well and so much of this is related to to touch and mm -hmm. and feel so do you want to introduce the other two dragons sure so the next book that's coming out is going to be this one i just put the cover on one of my other books, but it is the tiny leaf dragon. And this one's about making new friends and overcoming shyness, but also considering other people's perspectives. And this is the tiny leaf dragon. And this is what I was talking about. Like the horns kind of remind you of like a forest spirit from Japanese mythology. And the ears like the, on the horns, the leaves are kind of like a rough texture. And then you have the ears that kind of flop but then the whole body is still a plush material. And then there's this little curly tail that kind of springs. And so it gives them more than just a toy. Like they can do other things with it. You know, they can play with the tail and spring it back. And it has little fairy wings so it can get someone interested that likes fairies or, you know, different things about it. Just the texture is really cool. Nice. And so the leaf dragon story is, is making new friends and considering their perspectives. Yes. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. And then the next one is the Shadow Dragon. And this one um, I also sell in stores because it turns out uh, when we were talking about connections that I was going to ship these to a factory to be copied, but to the new factory, the samples. And the guy next door at the um, UPS store, he's like, why don't you go across the street? There's a card store and those look like Pokemon. Be a great place to sell them. I go in there and the guy at that, owns the place turns out i worked with him oh funny and so he's like hey you know i said they said you might want to feature my dragon so these actually are more popular at the card store the um shadow dragon so that's been a great thing because um i get a portion of the sales when they sell the dragons nice and this one uh gets lost in the caves because they live in caves and it gets lost because it wanders off um, I actually give them each different psychological disorders too. So like this one has oppositional defiance disorder. So when they tell it to do something, they're like, no, I'm going this way. <laughs> so I don't know like, anyone like that. <laughs> so they're like, stay close. And they're like, no, I'm going out. <laughs> so they go and wander off and they have to find they're they're going to find a new crystal to collect for their collection and they find it. But then they're like, where am I? I'm lost. 
So I had to translate how you deal with a child when they're lost, like what do you teach them to do, especially if they have autism. And so the thing was, it said, find somebody in authority and ask them, do you know where I live or tell them where you live if you teach them where they live or ask them, do you know where my parents are? Can you help me find my parents? And I had to translate into a dragon story again. So the way I did that was there's a mythology around salamanders being like secret keeper of secrets. So there's a salamander in the cave and the salamander sees the little dragon crying, wondering why they're crying. And they said, I'm lost. Can you help me find my way home? And the salamander's like, yeah, I know where you live. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because another play on words, uh, borough, like a neighborhood in New York, borough of shadows is where they live, but it also works because they live underground. So it's like a borough underground. Nice. Kind of play on words. <laughs> but yeah. Very good. So obviously now you've gone from what seemed like a simple project to a pretty large undertaking. What's your goal? What's your, what's your hope for your business? So I'm hoping number one, to be successful, but also to measure my success by the people I help. And the way I thought about doing that actually kind of funded the business in a way too, like for the future. Um, I thought about going for a grant from the National Institute of Mental Health to seek like a grant for autism research. And I was going to use my upcoming project, which is the weighted plush toys, but I was going to give out surveys. And when you give out, when I give out the survey after they buy the dragon, I was going to offer like a certain discount for when they go to buy again. But they just tell me, how has this improved your life? How has this improved your child's sleeping habits? Has they, have they become more social? Have they, you know, has anything affected them positively with the dragon? Because the weighted dragons are kind of like weighted blankets and weighted blankets help with reducing anxiety. And the fact that you can carry it around and then also sleep with it kind of makes it more mobile than an actual weighted blanket. Yeah, my, my grandson actually has one that's microwavable. And so oh, you cool. throw it into the microwave for a minute and a half before he goes to bed. And it, it actually, it's not just the weight, it's it's actually warm when he's cuddling with it. And so um, it's interesting to how much this, the, the weight and texture and feeling is such an integral part of the connection to this, you know, it's, it's not just a toy, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them I've seen even have heartbeat like sounds to them. Wow. Like heartbeat kind of thing inside of it. And that's really interesting. And so that's why I'm trying to design my own stress toys. Like at one point I made my own fidget spinners and I was going to 3d print them, but the files uh, and then finding artists to work with became too difficult. So I scrapped that project for now, but eventually I might pick it up again, but the whole thing, is really fun for me because I find a lot of interest in it. And for the weighted plush toys, I feel like it can do a lot more good. Like it's cute to have a dragon, but then to have it the bigger size, it's going to be like that much bigger and it's going to be able to fit, but it's going to be heavier and it's going to be something more tactile, you know? So I'm kind of excited. So will these be new characters or will these be a, a rehash of 
the existing characters. So there'll be a rehash of these existing ones, but I do have new characters in the works for my next five books. Nice. <laughs> so, and I have samples made already. And so those dragon samples are being sent. Woo. So fun. Like, I think you've gotten excited just because of making the characters. And, and it sounds to me like the character development is, is probably the, the, the part that drives you towards, you know, how can I help tell the story, but, but how can this character represent, you know, this particular uh, challenge that children face? So like in the future um, upcoming, I have the flower dragon, the thunder dragon and the fire dragon. And the fire dragon deals with anger issues. The mm. flower dragon deals with loss, but the loss is open-ended. So it's not just death. It's like anybody like going through a divorce or um, say they have a relative that has to go away to college, things like that. And All right. So when, when am I going to be able to get a fire dragon? Cause I, I need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the thunder dragon, the thunder dragon. People seem to love a lot more because it's uh, black with like yellow lightning bolt, like on its head. Oh. But that one represents joy and also like, you know, friendship. Maybe so I'll need, I need both the fire and the, the joy dragon. Cause definitely <laughs> joy is joy is my, my term, my, my mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. And so I want to help people find true joy, um, too much pseudo joy. You know, our, our, our world has all these pseudo joys that people use to satisfy themselves, you know, social media, mm -hmm. um, poor relationships, but, you know, pornography and shopping and alcohol and drugs and all these things that are really just pseudo joy, right? They give you a quick hit of joy, but, but nothing long, long term. So love that you have a dragon dedicated to joy like that his name's thunder that's i mean that he is the thunder dragon mm -hmm. um that's pretty cool and but then the fire the dragon with anger that could be I, there's there's a lot to be said there too and then uh the title is the lightning strike of joy or the lightning of joy strikes more than once oh and so, nice. so so when will these when will these those dragons be available so those dragons i have to get the funds to place the order Nice. But I have the samples coming. I ordered 15 samples and, or yeah, 15 total samples. So five of each. And then I'm writing the books. So I finished writing the fire dragon story. And then the rest of the stories are in my head, but I haven't put them to paper because every story I have to keep the entire story within 15 lines or 15 pages. Right. And I have to keep it a certain number of lines. And then when I send it to my editor, I have to, because um, I have a children's book editor, and when I send it to my editor, they have to change some of the words to make it more child-friendly for my age group. Right. Yeah. I uh, I wrote my first book last year, and I mean, obviously, that's how I met Ken and, and been involved with um, Perfect Publishing, but sending my book to the editor, and, and my first editor was my wife, and I wrote my book in a week, and committed to writing 6,000 words a day. So I got caught up in the numbers because I was trying to get it finished and wrote 6,000 words a day. And the first thing she did in the first 30 minutes is cut 3,000 words. I'm like, <laughs> and, and, you know, once you realize that, remind yourself, though, the editor's trying to make your book better. <laughs> They're making your book better. Um, you, you, you get over the numbers thing, but, um, yeah, it, it, there's the love hate thing for for editors because they 
they they know what's best for you, even though you don't <laughs> always. <laughs> so it can be hard. And I imagine you only have 15 pages of words. Like they cut up stuff and change it. You're like, wait, that, that was the story. You just took the whole, you changed the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So like I actually am in constant contact with them almost like monthly. And I try and keep up with them and I'm like, Hey, this is how the project's going. This is how this is going. And I sent them the fire dragon story as soon as I finished it. And I said, I don't want you to edit it yet. I said, just read it. Tell me what you think. <laughs> and she got back to me and she's like, I love it. And keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> nice. Well, that's pretty exciting. So, so who's, who's your target audience, uh, you know, for the books, who, who do they fit the best for? in their current iteration and then who is your target for the the weighted versions so at first i was going for um people who are like individuals that are ages like six to nine and i could expand that a little bit because sometimes autistic individuals have the mindset of that age group but they're not physically that age so i figure keeping it constrained to that physical age doesn't make sense. So I keep it, you know, made for people and who have autism, but it also connects people who don't have autism because, you know, you can read the book and be like, I didn't know this dragon had autism. And it's like, well, you didn't know that your neighbor has autism, you know, right. things like that. And also to try and make it more, you know, inclusive for everybody. I put a font in here. And the font, I don't know if you can see it, it's for dyslexia. So that children and adults with dyslexia can read it. So if the kids like read me a bedtime story and the parents like I have dyslexia, it's like there's no excuse now. <laughs> you can read it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know such a font existed. So it's open source. So you can actually find it online and it's free to use. And it's really great because all my books, I'm using this font and I'm trying to help people you know, get into reading. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's, that, that's a, I mean, obviously if you can read, you can educate yourself. And so reading a book is, is one of the most powerful things that we can do in our own, you know, personal development. And, and of course the power of story, you know, you and I both know the power of story that, that story is, story is what we remember. Story is, is how we navigate the world it's the stories we remember and the stories we share and the stories we tell. And so the fact that you're creating stories to empower people and to help people better understand themselves or people to better understand other people, um, even, even as short as 15 pages, um, can be very powerful and very impactful. Yeah. And then I also just like bringing people together with the stories because you know, they can read this story and then not know that the person has or the individual has autism in the story. But then, you know, they can go out and find out, oh, hey, did you read this book and share it with somebody else? And they're like, yeah, it's about autism. And they're like, well, you know, such and such has autism. And then the book, the story gets spread, but it also gives representation to people with autism, individuals with autism, because it's like you don't see enough books, children's books about it. And they kind of shy away from it. They're like, well, this is different. We don't want to be talking about something different. 
and difference should be embraced. Absolutely. It's what makes us individuals and it's what helps us on our journey, you know, cause I'm different. I thought about books and I thought about the dragons. So. Yeah. Our, we don't embrace our differences near, near enough. Um, in fact, we use them to, to judge and isolate and exclude rather than embracing differences and trying to, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of curiosity and, and the ability to ask questions. And if you have a curious mindset, then you want to, you want to explore differences rather than judge them. And so I think our culture could learn a lot from the idea of, you know, different doesn't mean wrong. <laughs> different doesn't mean broken. <laughs> and so different is just different. And, and the idea to understand different is so powerful. And that's why I also, part of my journey or part of my mission with the company is also destigmatizing mental health. Mm. Because some people that I've experienced with the hospital, there'll be repeat, you know, patients that come in and the nurse will be like, oh, that's just such and such and such. They just have bipolar or they just are schizophrenic. Just ignore them or ignore this behavior. And it's like, that's not the way we do things. We need to embrace this person and be like, hey, what's wrong? You know, tell me, share how you're feeling and how can I help? And stuff like that. So I take a really humanistic approach. Like I'm very, you know, I treat people like individuals and I treat people like they're human mm. at work. And for example, there was a situation with a guy who was disobeying everything that they said. And they said, can you change into these clothes for, cause they were emergency petitioned. They said, can you change into these clothes? And I said, or they're like, no. And I said, Hey, what can I do? to get you to do that for them, for them or for, for me. And they said, I'd really like some tea. And I said, I can get you some tea <laughs> and we'll have a cup of tea. Cause I had a, a canteen full of tea that I bring with me. I'm like, we'll both have tea. And he goes, so we're going to have a tea party. I'm like, yeah, sure. We're going to have a tea party, but I got him tea and he was calm, cooperative. He was just all around a great guy. He just, was misunderstood. Nobody understood. Hey, I just want some tea. I want to be treated like a person. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's so, so powerful. And, and I think the, the other level of the stigma to, to mental health is the people that feel like they're supposed to have it all together, like emergency responders and, and, you know, first responders who, who feel like I'm not allowed to tell anybody that I'm feeling this way or that I'm struggling with this, thing inside my head and this voice and this story. And, and, and a lot of people are in a really dark place and they don't feel safe to talk about it because they feel like, well, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, I'm going to face all the, the, you know, rumor mill and gossip of all the, you know, all the people around me. And so I think there's definitely a place in our culture where, where we need to make it, you know, okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the phrase I use a lot when I talk to people. I tell them at work, I'm like, hey, it's okay to not be okay. And the way I try and promote acceptance is I sell stress toys also on my website. And the stress toys are things that you wouldn't necessarily think that's a stress toy. But like there's um, finger stretching tools. There's a couple of like hand rollers. But you just think it's like a massage thing. But it's actually a fidget toy that helps somebody 
in an office or a cubicle that's their boss is breathing down their neck and they're like, I need, I need to do something, you know? Well, absolutely. And, and the challenge is, you know, it's obvious when somebody's got an injury, right? Their arms cut off, they're bleeding, there's something broken or, or uh, squirting. <laughs> that's what I'd say. Men, men won't go to the hospital until it's either falling off or, you know, <laughs> um, clearly broken. And, and I think that the mental health challenge is it's not obvious, right? It's, it's happening inside their head. And, and most of us have been raised to believe that you should be able to figure it out. Like, you know, I'm an adult, I should be able to figure this out. And, and the truth is a lot of times just talking about it would make a huge difference. And yet most people are afraid to talk about it. And that's why I try and encourage in my um, fire dragon book uh, in the book, the character is an artist and they get really frustrated with the questions like, what's that supposed to be? What, what were you trying to go for there? You know, those kind of questions from their friends and family and they get really frustrated. And they're like, nobody understands me. Nobody gets this. And they run into a Phoenix and the Phoenix says, you know, if you're upset, tell somebody, if you're, if you're angry, you need to talk to somebody and share how you feel. And if that doesn't work, express it in your art. And they said, well, what if people don't like my art? And it's like, it's not for them. It's for you. It's for nice. you to express yourself and to feel some kind of therapy or, you know, release of that anger because you don't want to hurt somebody with that anger. Nice. All right, David, what's been the biggest challenge on this entrepreneurial journey? Uh, so I think finding the funding and then finding connections. But lately I've been trying to find more connections and it's been working out. I got to put myself out there, you know. Yeah, it's hard to find connections if you're not looking for them mm -hmm. <laughs> and being intentional about about making them. And, and like we talked earlier, you just never know what one person you might meet in what situation or willing to ask somebody, you know, hey, would you introduce me to this person and would you introduce me to that person? Because obviously it was an introduction to somebody that was a breakthrough for you to be able to get these dragons created. And that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool connection that that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't asked somebody to be your mentor and somebody to help you mm -hmm. all right so typically close each episode with the guest sharing their words of wisdom for those entrepreneurials that are that are listening um well there's a quote that i really love by uh artist that uh like a singing artist but i guess that's the only quote i can think of but it's just um, for everything I understand, 1,000 more won't comprehend. And that's a really deep quote that I live by because it doesn't matter whether someone else understands me. It's whether I understand me and whether I can be able to help other people. David, that's so powerful. David, thank you so much for joining me today. What a fantastic journey that you're on. And I, I love it when people find an idea and they're willing to go for it and, and make it happen because too many of us let our brain tell us, Oh no, you can't do that. Oh no, that won't work. And you've pushed through that. You've pushed past it and, and made not just a story happen, but actually got the characters produced and, and able to share, you know, physical 3d characters with your audience, not just the book. Yeah. And then I've also been um, working on positive, quotes for t-shirts too. 
<laughs> I love it. So now you've got a t-shirt line coming out. Yep. And this one uh, says, learn to love by loving yourself. And it's a little water dragon hugging a heart. Aw. So those are, so you're, you're basically taking your characters and uh, spreading them into other, other message avenues. Yep. And so we're working on that. And then also like the leaf dragon and the flower dragon. If you want to see the uh, flower dragon. But this one, I used a kind of pun for dragons because they have scales. And it says, share or show love on every scale. Ah, very nice. Ah. And it has a little flower dragon hugging the uh, leaf dragon. Oh, it's good that they're nice to each other. <laughs> Just have to watch when that fire dragon shows up. <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining me. What a what a wonderful impact that you're you're seeking to make. And I hope that you know people listening will be willing to go to your website. Where can they where can they find these dragons and these stories? Um, TinyDragonsTreasureTrove.com. And we also have a Facebook, Instagram, and a Pinterest and TikTok. Perfect. Yeah. So dragons are actually doing videos now. I'm actually working on getting an animated series together. Woo. You knew that was the next step. Yep. I filed trademarks and animated series and a couple other things. So that's fantastic. David, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thanks. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing or leaving a review but most importantly share it with someone who needs to hear it in our next episode robert has a fantastic conversation with dr sabrina starling about how business should support your life not the other way around most business owners are sacrificing their life for their business dr sabrina is committed to changing that and helping business owners reinvent their business to support their life and reduce stress and strain while increasing profits mm -hmm.